The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. Do you mean anything uh, that you watched with Jim Belushi in it since you just sold a $30 million house in Brentwood? I saw that weird sitcom a couple times. Did you watch the, what is it, The World According to Jim that was on for eight years? And I never saw it. I think I saw it a couple times. Like it was it good? one of those things that would be on like super late, um, and you would watch something on DVR, and then it would pop into the pop back to regular TV. And you're like, "What is this show?" Uh, it didn't seem very good. Someone mentioned the movie K Nine. <laughs> okay, I don't know. A Stu Danger up on Twitter said he's got that K Nine money. Is it K Nine or yeah. is it like C A N I N E? It's K Dash Nine. Okay, the letter. Yes. Was he, he, he was Dooley in was 1989. He a, was he a canine officer? I, I'm guessing yes. I don't know that I can carve out time to watch it. Okay. You and I were both starting to go uh, in on, what, the Beatles documentary? Yes. You did like it? I I was actually about to send a tweet out about it. I don't know how, how people are going to respond. But I would say, this is going to sound weird, but I'm a weird person. It is incredibly boring. It's also... The most fascinating thing I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> I watched because it was uh, highly recommended to us at a uh, at a gin joint last night, gin mill, and uh, I watched it. And I agree, but if you're engaged, it is fascinating to watch these dudes just jam and come up with songs. And I'm not a music person, but like my early impression, because I think I texted you guys, I was like. This is incredible. It's Lennon and McCartney, and they're just like, Ding, like just coming up with all this stuff. And like George Harrison, and especially Ringo, is just like, it's good. Wait, is Ringo even in the group? He's there, but I mean, and, and you can see George Harrison gets more involved sure, in, the, but, in the first episode. But the, I mean, I, and the, listen, Ringo Starr is a Hall of Famer, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> is he? After watching I, this, I don't, you take I, him out? I, I want to watch the whole thing. I, I think he's probably you know a musical genius. I don't know if he's on the level of, especially McCartney. It was like it was crazy. McCartney is, in- and I think like I, what I couldn't understand because this is going to sound ridiculous because British people, you know, some like to drop c bombs all the time, which I kind of like. Um, but like I feel because of the accent, this is such a lame joke. Like there's a politeness that comes across, but I think they were like, like kind of crap on each other about different things but it was like it's done in such with such decorum you're like they're not really fighting or anything yeah but like i think he just said it sucked i mean I feel and also like- the audio the audio is a little bit weird because apparently this is like some super way of pulling the audio and this like this was really just among them and somehow i was told the whole story last night so if i'm getting it wrong peter jackson yeah. i guess is the producer and yeah. they had some kind of sound technology where this stuff like could never be heard before so I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested in watching more of it. So just so people know, I mean, it's they essentially scheduled a show where they're going to do a concert, and they've got like three weeks to write an album yes. to perform live, and they don't really have songs, so they're just it's just them sitting around at a table and trying to come up with songs and rehearse them. And at some points, like George Harrison's trying to get his his part right, and McCarty's like, "You just suck, dude. Like I I don't know what to tell you." Like this is this is ridiculous, and it, like it was it's so fascinating, but it's also literally them sitting at a table. Yeah. I think they said there's 60 hours of footage for over these three weeks. It's literally this this just them sitting there, mm-hmm. like playing, and it's 
so boring. I'll watch it. But so fascinating. I cannot stop. I can't get enough of it. I love it. Um, and then, as you mentioned, like, McCartney at one point is like, everybody else is kind of doing their own thing. They're not there yet. Lennon's late. McCartney's like, I'm just going to start strumming my guitar. And he writes a freaking iconic song. Insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. <laughs> One of my favorite documentaries of all time, uh, you agree, I know you do, because we talked about it, is uh, Cocaine Cowboys. Every iteration it's of it. It's incredible. I haven't watched the new series that they put together. Um, and if you haven't watched Cocaine Cowboys, it, you, you come to the realization that through the illegal drug trade, Miami was established. Like, it really was podunk and a vacation town, but it was not very significant uh, up until the mid-'70s. And all of a sudden, the drug trade just builds the entire city. Now, this one's interesting. Are they going to do a COVID Cowboys? It's kind of cheesy, but are you telling me that that Miami, the hurricane program, because of the COVID medical profits, this is where some of the money has come from, where they could throw around eight or nine million for a coach like Cristobal? It appears that way because they don't. It's not just the nine million they're paying Cristobal; they have to pay the buyout for Diaz, and it's been very difficult. Uh, for them to get the money. According to this report uh, that was from The Athletic, uh, I'll just read it verbatim. Until recently, Miami's administration had been unwilling to allocate funds to the athletic department, instead leaving it to cover all expenses on its own. But the success of Miami's health system, which made $400 million in profits last year, the school is like, all right. Go spend a little bit of money. A little pocket change. So it's about fifteen mil. COVID Re- rebuild the program. COVID absolutely decimates South Florida. The hospitals get more money, and now they're willing to pay to get a new coach. Good job, DeSantis. I guess. Let it run yeah, wild. Yeah, I guess. make some money. Yeah, Riverboat Ron. We talked about him rolling the dice. Yeah, that is a, that's a weird way to look at it, but that is kind of what happened. Yeah. So now, with UNLV's budget is suffering, why did our state do so much to try to curb COVID? Sisolak. Let it run wild, make money with the hospitals, and then spend it on coaches. I guess if we had seen this game, we all would have played our part. Well, you did. You got it. Yeah. It's true. Are you mad now that Reno doesn't have the money to pay a coach? I didn't have to, get, I didn't have to go get treated medically, though. So I didn't really contribute to it. Well, if you're a if you were a Miami person, you knew this would this is what it would lead to. Then maybe you would have done your part. Sure, go check into the hospital. That's crazy. It's the medical profits were that high. It's not crazy. Not, hearing the numbers is not crazy, but that they're like, yeah, let's use it for some football. Yeah, we don't have money. Uh, you know what? Now we do. We made a bunch of money last year. I don't know how, but we did. Let's talk to Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk next. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the Raiders injuries. Uh, Drake complaining about the way he was taken out, and also. Uh, Controversial story out there about Josh Jacobs. But before that, let's do a giveaway here. Caller 7 364 Happy holidays. By the way, I reached out to Ari because Ari and I will collaborate on the sound on the show. Ari does most of it now. Uh, and I was like, uh, holiday music? Like, w- when's it coming? And he's like, oh, I kind of forgot. Maybe in a couple weeks. I'm like, what? No, happy holidays. It's here now. I know we started la- – I was looking back in our records. We started last year at the beginning of December. We're already – it's like – it's the 7th. Come on. Caller 7, you win four tickets to Disney on Ice, Dream Big. 
The show is here from January 6th to January 9th at Thomas and Mac. You can get your own tickets at DisneyOnIce.com. You also, with this win, call our 736-4100, qualify to win a new 55-inch 4K smart TV. Winner announced on December 21st. Happy holidays from ESPN Las Vegas. Get in and win now. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Cofield and Company. and Company. I'm Darren Waller. I'm the 2021 Raiders Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year nominee. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, you look at maybe four or five years ago, I was probably the last person to be, that would even be considered for that role. So, you know, I do find gratitude in it. It allows me to reflect and see, you know, how far I've come, how much I've changed, you know, from the inside out and how, you know, I do care about the community that I'm in and the world that I'm in and, you know, shedding my light in a positive way. This Christmas, the fireside is blazing bright. We're caroling through the night. And this Christmas. Very cool. The uh, 32 nominees around the NFL for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award uh, announced. And Darren Waller is the guy for the Raiders. We'll get into more of that uh, in a bit. Have some uh, Darren Waller sound, uh, talk about what he's done and what he hopes his uh, legacy will be. Let's get around the uh, National Football League now, bounce around the National Football League. Miles Simmons is up with Cofield and Company. What's up, Miles? Hello, gentlemen. I'm doing okay. How are you? Uh, we're pretty good. You don't sound okay. You sound kind of dour and sour. Are you all right? No, I'm fine. Are you at you checkout know, right now at a grocery store? Not at Costco, but, you know, <laughs> my life has just uh, taken a weird turn today. So here we are. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess we'll just skip. We'll skip past that. Uh, I hope everything's okay. Um, this will cheer you up. We were just talking about the the Beatles documentary before we get to the NFL. Have oh, you watched yeah. it? Uh, no, I yes, I have. I watched it and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I I described it as incredibly boring and the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. Okay, uh, but Adam, you always find things to be, like, boring or, you know, different than everybody else finds them. Like, that's not boring to me because it's four absolute legends, two of whom are no longer with us, working on a project that is one of the seminal albums of, like, all time. What about that is boring to you? No, I, I said it's the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. It's just also boring. It's so slow. It's, it's, boring, so, it's so not what we're used to watching. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also a little bit fun. weird. It's a little bit weird of like you feel like you're, you almost feel like you're watching something you're not supposed to be watching too. Have you got your your Because I know, uh, I, I don't think so. I know, I know. Obviously that uh, um, they knew that they were on camera, but I just I feel like this is something like you're watching something that almost isn't supposed to be out there, which is a, uh, you know, a different type of thing for sure. And I think we'll. Get back to Miles in a second. I think you have questions to answer there. You sorry good? about that. Yeah. No, you're good. Yeah, sorry. Like I no. said, my, my life has taken a very weird turn today. Uh, <laughs> you were asking me about, what, yes, it's fascinating because it's something that we're not supposed to see. It yeah. actually is something that we weren't supposed to see. Nobody was ever supposed to see it, but we saw it now. And, you know, it's really, really cool because it's like a piece of history. What about, uh, are you watching in-season hard knocks? No, I have no interest in that. I'm sorry. Miles, <laughs> pro. Pro football talk. 
It's it's a talk thing about pro football. <laughs> I don't. I I know, and maybe it's not something I should admit, but I but I have absolutely no interest in that at all. Like I just I don't know why, man. I I've, I've lost interest in hard knocks, frankly, in general. Like I just don't. It's just not. I don't know, man. I don't know why, but it's just. And now I'm being more blunt than I should be because I'm in a place where I shouldn't be conducting a you know telephone interview. <laughs> but yeah, I just. I just man, like. Yeah, no. I haven't watched a single second of it. And I could, but no. Also, Jonathan Taylor shouldn't be an MVP. Sorry. He's a running back. I don't believe in it. Okay. That's that's fair. That's good, too. Uh, who is the best team in the AFC right now? It's the Patriots, right? I mean, and it, it, I think it's been pretty clear for a little bit. And, you know, because of the way that they are playing. Um, I, I just feel like they... They look like they're having fun. Bill Belichick looks like he's having more fun than he may have ever had pitching. Um, and I'm just, I'm a little surprised by it, but I'll tell you what, man, like it is really fun to watch them right now. I figured that they would win last night because of like the snow and the wind and everything. And like, you know how Bill Belichick knows how to adjust and win things, right? So like that didn't surprise me at all what happened last night. But yeah, I, I don't know who's going to be able to match them. How about on the other side of things? The bill I've seen now the freak out in Buffalo. Uh, bills fans asking and media up there asking, will the Bills still make the playoffs? They do have the Bucks and a road game against the Patriots coming up. Could this team miss the playoffs? Thanks very much. Uh, yeah, I think that they could, but I don't see that happening either. You know, because like, it's not that they're bad, but they're not playing well when they need to play well. And I think like something that's kind of emblematic of where they are right now is that they are kind of melting down in press conferences, right? You saw it last night from Jordan Foyer and uh, Michael Hyde, I believe it was. Uh Yeah, yeah. And then also you have somebody like your head coach, Sean McDermott, who starts kind of really talking bad about the offensive game plan, right? You say, oh, well, we can't give too much credit to Bill Belichick because look at where their field position was and look where our field position was and we didn't capitalize on our opportunities. When you start having guys melting down in press conferences, that is never, ever, ever a good sign. So I, I don't see them missing the playoffs because I think that they're better than a lot of the mediocre teams in the conference, but they could, and if they do, that is going to be really interesting. Uh, speaking of offensive coordinators under fire, uh, I'm a big Joe Brady guy. I think he's still uh, going to be a hot commodity in the coaching world, but he gets fired this week. How much does that damage, you know, his, I guess, his value, his reputation around the league? I wonder if it does enough that he has to go back to college. And, you know, there have been some reports out of you um, in South Florida that he could go there and be their offensive coordinator there with um, many, no, not many ideas, uh, whoever they just hired out of Oregon. Oh, yeah. I Ball. don't cover college football. Thank you, Cristobal. Yeah. So, if he does that, it wouldn't shock him. He is a South Florida native and he's a South Florida guy, so I could see that happening. However, I think that he didn't necessarily get the best shake at it. You know, when you talk about going to the Carolina Panthers, you'd think that you'd have Carolina Cassidy most of the time. In the beginning, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to come in and he's supposed to suck the football and do this and do that. And Teddy Bridgewater, you know, for as long as he's played last this year's he did not play that well last year. I've heard people talk about, oh, you know, well, if the Panthers feel like Teddy Bridgewater, then maybe he'd be a playoff contender. Not if the way Teddy Bridgewater played is the same way that he played last year. And 
it's kind of surprising when you think about like playing for Pat Shermer now. Pat Shermer does nothing for me, being a Cleveland native and like seeing what he did as a Browns head coach. But like for whatever reason, Bridgewater's been playing well, but better there. Um, now again, they saddled Joe Brady with like Sam Darnold and Christian McCaffrey got hurt again this year. So I, if he has to go to college and sort of do that rehab in his image, maybe that would be a good thing for him. But I don't think it's going to be like. Joe Brady's never going to coach the NFL ever again. Because he's, he's only 31, I think, 32 at this point, maybe now. He's had another birthday. Um, and he's still a really good offensive mind. It's just that there are a lot of things working against him in Carolina that just didn't leave the system. Hey, Miles, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you, okay? <laughs> Sorry, guys, for the uh, weird appearance this week. I promise I'll be home next week. It's all good. Things happen. Miles Simmons, Things Pro happen. Football Talk. Uh, he's got his uh, 12, 13 stories up today on uh, profootballtalk.com, and you can see him on uh, Peacock, especially later in the week with Mike Florio. Uh, yeah, Joe Brady's going to be fine. In fact, if I were Oregon, I'd be talking to him right now. Um, he'll get an OC job somewhere in the National Football League, and I think he'll get some head coaching interest. I don't know exactly what happened. Here's the other thing. There are rumors out there that Matt Rule could be next, which is incredible because Matt Rule has this monster deal. So I have no idea what the buyout is, but imagine if Matt Rule goes bye-bye. And if Matt Rule is hearing this, Matt Rule should also be talking to Oregon because Matt Rule can make as much money as he's making with the Panthers. Listen, if uh, David Tepper wants to be super impatient, I don't don't even get how would How would Matt Rule be fired in a year where Chris McCaffrey was hurt? I mean – I don't know. Unless unless Matt Rule or was he the one who pulled the trigger on Darnold and the trade? What do you know about that? I mean that that could be a reason to freaking chop a guy. Or could he have been the guy that stopped the Deshaun Watson trade? And the league, the, you know, the organization was not happy with that. They're like we should have gone and got him. All right. I don't know. I have no idea. It it's a weird situation, but it did seem listen, Joe Brady was not is he's not the one that's at fault for the offense and in fact I would still put him at the top of my list for Raiders head coaching candidate. That's what I figured you'd say. Uh, but I think it was a survival move for Matt Rule, who was like, yeah, the pressure's coming down on me now. i got to make somebody responsible for this. So he's the fall guy. I mentioned yesterday that if Mike Zimmer goes from the Vikings, that he would be on my list for the Raiders. Am I crazy? How has his reputation taken such a hit this year? They've... All right, they haven't won a lot of close games. But as you say all the time, these are coin flip deals when you're in that many close games. Uh, beyond that, unfortunately, Kirk Cousins' record in, we'll say, clutch parts of the game lacks a bit. I think I saw the number the other day. If they if they trail going to the fourth, uh, and I guess that wouldn't be a clutch, but the end of the game, uh, comebacks that he's 225-1 and one, straight up. That's a tie, at least. Is uh, is Zimmer not? Would Zimmer not be an attractive dude? I don't. I don't love him no? as a coach. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of conservative uh, parts of his game. Um, I also think uh, a lot of not a lot. It's 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 recency bias to say this, but like some of the things that have happened have been coaching issues. Like the loss to the Lions was a coaching issue. That wasn't good, and it's not always that. But if you look back in, in a lot of the close games that they've had, like a lot of the same things happen over and over again that haven't been addressed and haven't been fixed. So I'd be a little bit worried about that. 
Are you a veteran or active duty military? Call Nova today for VA loan with no lender fees. That's $1,300 in savings. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. C'è la luna e mezzo mare, mamma mia, me mare da te. Figlia mia, cutta dure, mamma mia, già pensa tu. The food shortages continue, huh? You see this? So we got the chicken wing shortage, which is uh, just crippling this country. Um, now we're having to turn to thighs. Which there's a lot of people out there anti-thighs. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on it. What do you mean you're not big on it? It's chicken. Eh. It's the most flavorful part of the chicken. No. What do you mean no? No. It's it's not it's not the it's not an ideal not an ideal part of the of the bird for the is it, meal. Is it Rick Ross? Is that who's doing the, the pitch with the, the wing joint? Yes. Doing the thighs? Yeah. I doing like the that. thighs now. <laughs> no. Wings. It's all wings. Uh, now apparently this this will be devastating because I'm I've turned into an eight year old at almost every restaurant. What always with the fingers? I always order chicken fingers because I'm afraid of getting anything else on the menu. I, there there's something something's wrong with me because I'm I've I've talked about having anxiety with big menus. I get inside my head and I can't make a decision and I'm just like it like all these great options and I'm like chicken fingers. Cuz I don't want to make the wrong decision and then when I do recently when I've picked other stuff I've been like yeah. I don't even want to get into it. My San Francisco food choice the first night I was there was just ridiculous. Wait, you didn't go to the wharf? No. It seems like you're right up your alley. I know. And I've been there before, but there's all these good restaurants in town. And I go, oh, I go to some place and like in the middle of the town, and it was like I walk in, and you, and it was like it was served like cafeteria style. Oh, and, no. and instead of just like trusting my instincts, I got it, and then I was like, "This is terrible." But Dude, then I still ate it. North Beach has some incredible Italian well, places. I, you know what happened? I I was walking around, and uh, and I didn't go to North Beach. The I went the next day. I started walking up there at like ten in the morning. So I got a slice of pizza. Chinatown. I, I and that's when I walked through Chinatown too. <laughs> what are you doing? Because I'm an idiot. But that might. But to my point, like when I go and I don't get chicken fingers, then I get something else. And like more often than not, I'm like, yeah, this wasn't great. I missed the chicken fingers. I am an eight year old. When, when you're talking about Just the menu, give me a kids menu. When you're talking about the menu thing, I I was I was at a uh, place last night uh, that new to Vegas, but not new to to us. Uh, their menu is it's not complicated but like you're trying to figure out the best way to get their specialty items okay and let's say it's seafood and somebody that i was there with was like oh i'll just get a salad but get get the crab on it i was like that's probably not the best way to do it and she was very disappointed yeah (laughs) i mean my other thing is i've actually i've given up when i go out with the so i've given up on ordering my own stuff anymore She's just gonna have yours. No, she she'll come up with two things that she can't decide between, and I'm like, hey, yeah, just get that, yeah. get both. That's that's rough. You got to put your foot down. I don't know that. why. I I, I don't have a foot to put down. I don't. I'm going insane. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, you got to get that. I need out. help. And 
I will say, like, I think what you one of the things you're referring to is that the chicken fingers are almost always good, and they're almost it's a pretty safe. It is, it's pretty safe. But I'll tell you, like, I'll tell you tonight, uh, Kevin Kruger shows at Parkway Tavern. I'm going to go down there, and at first I'm going to go, I'm probably not going to get anything. Then I'm going to look at the menu, and they have a good menu. I'm going to look through the whole thing, and I'm gonna, it's going to go in my head for five minutes, and then the server will come over, and I'll be like, chicken fingers. It's every time. Right now, I'll, I'll get the uh, buffalo cauliflower. It's fantastic. Uh, Which is actually is a pretty good safe choice. Yeah. Uh, I will say I was with somebody – uh, a couple weeks ago that ordered chicken fingers and one of them appeared to be just straight raw in the middle. Yeah, that's rough. And That'll that's your cause. horrifying. Yeah. I had a good burger in uh, in Dallas. Uh, the the uh, slice of pizza in San Francisco was pretty good. But what, I mean, come on. It's like one of the great food cities in the country. And yeah. I get like a cafeteria plate of like brisket <laughs> with a barbecue sauce on it and like the worst green beans ever. Oh, wait. I'll shout it out. It was a place called Tommy's I think, Joint. I was going to say, it, it no, was, I, I, I was going, I, I had know, it. I know they had other stuff there because then, then there's a guy at the bar, they're pitching him, and uh, they're like, yeah, we got the lamb shank. You missed it. And I'm like, lamb shank? Why didn't anyone tell me about the lamb shank? I would have had that. By the way, I when you said it, you, yeah. you said you got barbecue in his cafeteria sale, I knew where you'd gone. I, t- I went there last time I was there. And? It was right across from the hotel. Right? It's not far from University of San Francisco right. where you were. Um, was your meal better? It was it was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Okay, I got the wrong thing then. And it was, and I think it was too late. That's it was a the good crowd. Thing. A nice bar. Watch games. And like the bars on the other side from the cafeteria thing. I like the bar. I had some good, good beers. It was good. All right, I'll give it. An, I won't. I won't give the food another chance. No, but it's fun in the massive, of all the, yeah, of all the a places. massive city. You might, you might have been staying at the same hotel that I was. Maybe that's possible because it was right next to the hotel that I was staying at. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, that's a questionable choice for sure. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Sam Paniotovich is up with us. Lots to get to. We got the bowl game numbers out. They're moving all over the place. We got Bills and Patriots to react to. Sam, what's going on, buddy? I stepped outside a bar. This better be good. <laughs> Thank God you stepped outside. Well, Ari's like, can we do the, the microphone setup? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And then, you know, an hour later, buddy said, let's go out and watch some hockey. So uh, so here we are. We're watching a little Red Wings and Nashville Predators. And uh, I said, i got to go step out and take this call. And I said, well, you're a jerk. And I said, well, yes, that's true as well. Well, that it sounds good. We, uh, we had one of our good friends on earlier in the hour, and he was in the checkout line forever. At uh, Costco, so we, we had to cut the spot short. So our listeners got very mad. Uh, by the way, I hear is there some sort of a chicken shortage? Uh, Ari was telling me about this. Well, we, we've had a chicken wing shortage for months and months and months, and now there may be a chicken finger shortage, which uh, pretty much keeps me out of all restaurants because that's all I eat anymore. Um, we still haven't have we we still haven't paid off a bet, right? Do we owe you or you owe us? No, I owe you. You're like the worst bookie in the history of bookies. I owe you and the entire oh. staff a night of Naked City. We've been over this. Okay. Hmm. Well, when are you coming back? Super Bowl. Hmm. Interesting. What do you mean interesting? Well, I'll probably be gone. That's all right. I know man. you will be gone. That's fine. Uh, did I- I'll be here. All this reminded me of is did our harassing of your uh, of your enemy, did that pay off at all? No, the kid that owes me tequila has not yeah. paid his tequila yet, even though he said he sent a bottle last week. He did not send a bottle of tequila. Um, it is what it is. I mean, I know I'm not going to get it. 
when you block somebody on the internet, clearly you're not going to follow through on the wages that you made. It was a friendly wager. It was a bottle of tequila. I had the Braves win the NL East. He had everybody else. And not only did the Braves win the NL East, they won the World Series, and he did not pay up, and then he blocked me when I called him out. So it's water under the bridge at this point. Um, but, hey, if you come at me on Twitter, man, I'm going to keep the receipts fair and square. It's a small world. We'll find him. <laughs> we'll find him. We'll find him eventually. <laughs> uh, Let's get him. All right, Sam, give me your reaction to the game last night. I don't know if you had action on it, but uh, that was incredible. I think an incredible slap in the face of the Bills coaching staff that Belichick's basically like, make me pass. If you're not going to, I'm going to run freaking 30-plus times in a row. How about Mac Jones's completion number? I believe the over/under closed at fifteen and a half. That's one of the easiest winners you will ever have. He completed two passes, um, and all those unders for Mac Jones hit. Hell, all the Josh Allen unders hit as well. Here's what I'll say about the game: I was on Buffalo minus two and a half. I thought it was a great spot to go against the Patriots team that had won and covered six in a row against a lot of inferior teams. I mean, they beat the Panthers with PJ Walker. They beat the Falcons with pretty much nobody for Matt Ryan to throw to. Um, they beat you know a bunch of like the Jets were in there as well. They had a bunch of easy wins against bad teams. So I thought this is a great spot. Get a good number on Buffalo. If you made the game a month ago, Buffalo is a four four and a half point favorite. I'm going to lay two and a half. And then I saw the wind and the weather, and I thought, uh oh, this is bad because Buffalo, as Adam Hill can attest to, is not a tough football team. They are not tough in the trenches. They do not win the line of scrimmage. They are flash. They are, we're going to throw the ball 30, 40 times. Uh, when the passing game does well, we can run it with our quarterback, who's very agile and very uh, able to get outside the numbers and make plays. But in a physical football game, Buffalo is not the favorite. So I knew I was going to probably have to hedge off that, and I, I, I did, and I wrote it anyways because I'm stupid. But I knew once the weather and the elements were going to be a factor – even though the game was in Orchard Park, it was a Patriot-centric game, and it was. And you're totally right. It was bully ball. It was, hey, we're going to run it. You try and stop it. I was impressed how well the offensive line played, even knowing that Buffalo knew what was coming the entire time. That was a physical, dominant performance by a team that retooled in the offseason around three things, physicality, defense, and power run. In a league where perennially the best teams throw for 5,000 yards and have a bunch of really awesome players on offense, Bill Belichick retooled to stop teams like Kansas City and Buffalo. And, man, you look up at the Westgate Superbook, they are tri-favorites right now. It's the Bucks, the Chiefs, and the Patriots, all at 5-1, to one, and that number is where it is for a reason. Do you know anyone who got the Patriots at a max number? What was the best number out there? The highest number at the Superbook, I remember I reported this back in August, somebody bet, uh, let's see, I think it was $200 at 40 to 1. Ooh. So, yeah, um, that's a lot. Actually, it may have been, I'm going to check this when you ask me your next question. I don't have the tweet in front of me, but the payout, the payout is to win $800,000 at 40 to 1 odds. So I don't, yeah, it was, it was a big bet. And, uh, and that's why they're a little liable right now, as you can imagine. Like, if yeah. the Patriots win the Super Bowl, the Westgate's going to have to pay out over a million. So, next week, we get Patriots at Colts. I mean, this is uh, uh, coming up down the road a little bit, but uh, Patriots look like they're one 
against the Colts? That's fairly interesting to me. Yeah, I was talking with our buddy Matt Humans. He and I agree the Colts should be favored. Um, you know, I, I think you have to give the Colts a little bit for home field. We've all pretty much understood over the last three years maybe in the NFL that home field is nowhere near what it used to be. You know, bookmakers used to say home field is worth 2.6, so we'll round up to three. Home field's not worth three anymore. It's very clear. And, in fact, this is the worst home field advantage in the Super Bowl era. Like, going into this weekend, home teams, I think, were 78-101-1 against the number. So it's way below 500. But still, you have to make Indy, I would think, my numbers would probably say Colts minus one, minus one and a half. Uh, if the Colts are going to get a point, point and a half on their home field, I would be interested. Where I'm nervous, though, Adam, is that it's Carson Wentz against that Patriots defense. That's, that's where you get a little nervous. And I hate being the cool kid in the room fading the hell out of the Patriots. I mean, they've, they've won and covered and done everything they've needed to do for seven straight weeks. That is a team. Um, and, and Mac Jones, for all the talk about, well, he's a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks can't win. He's a freaking supporting cast member. Like, he's not the reason they won last night. They win because they are physical. They control the line of scrimmage. You can't run on them. You can't throw on them. And they have the best coach in the game. That's why they're good. So I, I, I'm no longer going to just fade the Patriots because they're due for a loss or a letdown. Still, that being said, the number, I think the Colts should be a small favorite at home. What do you make of the college football playoff odds now? I can't wait. Well, uh, odds for the to win the whole thing or just yes. for the semifinals? No, for the, to win uh, the whole thing. Well, I, I had somebody there they go, oh, my God, Alabama was a great bet at plus 120. I'm like, they were 7-1 to one before yeah. the SEC title game. <laughs> so let's, let's look up great in the dictionary. Remember that all these things are relative. Um, yeah, I have a wager on Alabama. I think it's 350 to win the title, and I made that a month ago. So I, I feel much better about that now. But the bet to make, I, I think, if, if you haven't been invested yet and you're coming into this fresh, I think the bet to make is on Georgia. You could find plus 150, plus 160. Um, Alabama's awesome, but Alabama also played an A-plus game, and their quarterback, Bryce Young, had John Mechie for most of that game. So now Mechie, one of their best wide receivers, torn ACL, He's not going to play in the semis or in the championship should they get there, and they will get there when they beat Cincinnati. They can double Jamison Williams, the Georgia Bulldogs can. So this is, this is an interesting situation where can Georgia get gashed this bad in, uh, in two straight games? I happen to think they can make the necessary adjustments and they can hang with, uh, with Alabama. But here's a bet to think about. You can bet at some sports books, you can bet exact matchup. You can bet Alabama to beat Georgia in the title game at plus 150. You can bet Georgia to beat Alabama in the title game at plus 180. How do you not bet them both? Are you going to do it? I, I mean, why wouldn't you? Cincinnati's not beating Alabama. So you know Bama's in. And I'll tell you what, like, I, I think Georgia, you know, I'm not going to overreact to one game that they played. I mean, granted, they got pounded by Bama, but – Georgia should beat Michigan because Georgia has better players than Michigan, and Michigan rolled through a pretty weak Big Ten. Let's be clear. It's not a very good Big Ten this year. I'm almost positive it'll be Alabama against Georgia, and you can bet both exact results at plus money. I don't know how that loses. Sam. You want to step up for Michigan? Well, I want to step up against Georgia. I also think Georgia should probably win the game, but Sam, what is, what's Georgia's best win? 
Oh, they beat Vanderbilt, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. It's Arkansas. The answer is Arkansas. Arkansas is their best win. Or Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky's not that great either. I look. I I get it. I I just I think that that defense. I think they may they may make a change at quarterback. We know Stetson Bennett is nothing special. Um, I, I I imagine we'll uh, we'll learn more in the coming weeks about the availability and the potential for JT Daniels to come back and play. Uh, there have been rumors, as you know, bowl season is a freaking bear when it comes to figuring out who's in and who's out, who's available, who's not. But I have a feeling Georgia off a loss is a very good bet. Like, I will be happy to lay seven and a half with Georgia against Michigan. The point is, though, you get two teams in Georgia and Alabama that are likely. I mean, that's the point. This is a numerical game. It's about probability. If Georgia's a seven-point favorite, they're likely going to beat Michigan. Alabama's a two-touchdown favorite. They're in. So if those two teams are likely going to meet, you can bet the exact matchup both ways, and you can't lose if they both get there. So let's talk about the bowl games because, uh, like you said, it's hard to figure out uh, who's playing, who's going to be around, which coaches, if coaches are gone, if staffs leave. And I, uh, I actually played six games right out of the gates, but I was rolling the dice on some predictions and some things I thought would happen. So I played against Oregon. I also played against Nevada. Because I thought the number was too big, and I also didn't believe that Carson Strong would play in the game. And now Jay Norvell is gone, and I got Western Michigan plus six and a half. Where's this line now? Yeah, it's a pick 'em at, at some places. Most books, most books have uh, Nevada minus one. Yeah, get your CLV trophy ready to sign up. You know Nevada can still win by two touchdowns. Oh, I know, of course. season, man. Yeah. Anything yeah. go. I remember one year I took a dog. I took a dog at plus seventeen. The game closed like eleven. And I was running around with that money. That money was already spent. And the team that I got 17 with lost by 30. So I, <laughs> it, it's bowl season. There's wonky stuff that happens. But, yeah, that was a chicken dinner play. We tweeted that out plus six. And uh, within two hours, it was it was two. And now it's, now it's pick them. Um, there's a really interesting game that I like. And uh, Jeff Davis from Circa, we, him and I were talking about this. It's Memphis and Hawaii. And if you do any reading – on Hawaii and their situation, like the players and players close to that situation or or sources close to the situation rather are talking about how Todd Graham has removed the funds from football. So Hawaii barely qualified. I think they finished like six and six or six and seven or something. And they're going to a bowl game. It's the Hawaii bowl granted, and they're going to play Memphis. But how, how do you not bet Memphis in that spot where you have, you know, players around the Warriors saying that football is no fun anymore Nobody wants to go to work. They, they limbered through the end of the season. Now they get three weeks off and they got to play again. I don't imagine motivation is going to be high for Hawaii. Uh, the other game, we're trying to figure out if Sam Howell is playing for North Carolina or not. That's, that's another situation that's just it's night and day. It's, it's this thing one day, and then the next day it's another reason. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. If Sam Howell doesn't play, North Carolina is currently like a seven, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. If he's out, and we won't know this for weeks, if he's out, North Carolina is minus two, two and a half. Like he's worth clearly, you know, six points to the line. Wow. So that's another thing. Yeah, you, you really you have to play. You have to pay attention to the details. Trust your beat reporters on Twitter. Read these local papers. I mean, they're readily available. If you're if you're going to bet a game between Minnesota and you know Tennessee, for example, and that's not a game, but that's two examples of teams. Go follow. Go read these papers and see what these beat writers are saying. The beat writers are never this valuable in college football than they are in bowl season. Sam, you're awesome, man. We appreciate it. Go back inside. All righty. See you, boys. Cheers. There he is, stepping out to the street. 
Sam Paniotovich. Uh, Brad Powers actually had a good tweet the other day about college football and, uh, you know, playing the odds before the season about parity. The conference champions in the end, some of the bigger payouts. ACC, Pittsburgh was 60-1. to one. Big 10, Michigan was 25-1. to one. Baylor, Big 12 was 80-1. to one. I mean, wow. these are Power 5 conferences and wow. teams that were 7-8, you know, on down. Uh, Northern Illinois, which I don't know if people know about that story, but their miraculous turnaround in the MAC, they were 100-1. to one. And in the Mountain West, Utah State, who again, I thought was one of the worst teams that UNLV played all year. And they wound up going 10-3 and three and smoking San Diego State. They were 50-1. to one. Wow. 50-1 to one to win the Mountain West. And as Brad Power said, and he'll be on with us Thursday, he's like, you wanted parity? You got it! Property values have gone up 20% year over year, and so have rental rates. Quit paying your landlord these record high rental rates and purchase your dream home today. Call Dustin DeHart at 577-2600.